Yo, check it out. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Then again, you probably already know that by now. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Several places where you can find it. Go to iTunes, subscribe there. The 12 Kyle podcast. You can go to Stitcher Radio. If you have an Android or iPhone, just go to the Stitcher application. You can find it at your application store. Upload the Stitcher application. Search the 12 Kyle podcast and subscribe there. You can also check me out and subscribe right here on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com backslash T-W-E-L-V-E dash K-Y-L-E. It's pretty simple. I'm everywhere. Everywhere podcasts are given away for free, I'm right there. So you have no reason not to subscribe. All right, so check it out. Um, I want to talk today a little bit about a story and a person that has been in the news here recently a lot. Uh, And that would be one Mr. Bill Cosby. Um, I'll be honest. I have really refrained from speaking on Bill Cosby publicly uh, probably over the last few months because it's just been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot to cover and it's been a lot to kind of digest. I did a show a couple months ago, me and the homies, uh, Vince and uh, my man D. Love Hall, we did a show a couple of months ago. Uh, on the 12 radio show and we touched on the Bill Cosby story but this was before here recently this these recent events that have happened um, that has really taken this you know this story and and this whole uh, fiasco if you will by storm so I'm going to get into a little bit of that Uh, I just want to share with you my thoughts on Bill Cosby Um, one of the great things about this podcast is that uh, it's me raw and uncut and I give you my feelings and you know I'm not really uh, I'm more than happy to you know talk about it if you want to talk about it but you know I don't let anybody necessarily tell me how I should feel Um, let me start with my first memories of Bill Cosby Uh, I think the first time that I remember seeing Bill Cosby was I was a little dude like I had to been like four or five years old and I remember him in the movie uh, Uptown Saturday Night Um, and I just remember he was you know he appeared to be uh, funny (laughs) I can't really you know at that age you really don't know you know you don't know anything about movies or anything like that so I don't know you know, how great the movie was or at the time that I saw it. Um, I don't know how great the movie was or wasn't. I just know that, you know, he was in the movie and, you know, he's this funny looking guy and he's there with Sidney Poitier and, um, you know, they're just hanging out. And I just remember little things about the movie. Um, it wasn't, you know, and I think that was like late seven, mid mid to late 70s. So I had to be like three or four years. Old. I just remember seeing him on the screen. Right. And then from Uptown Saturday Night, I remember seeing Let's Do It Again. That's the movie I think that really, I think that's when I really realized who Bill Cosby was. Um, 
and uh, you know, again, funny guy, uh, but I'm small. I mean, I'm like four years old, so I'm not really understanding a lot. I just thought he was, you know, the way they were dressed up. And, and keep in mind, these were uh, black exploitation movies, so uh, these movies were funny. They were ethnic uh, centered. Um, so I really didn't grasp the concept of it. I just know that my parents, my uncles, and aunts watched it. So, you know, I'm in the room, I'm watching it too. So anyway, um, I, I really came to uh, understand and get an idea and become a fan of Bill Cosby uh, when I saw a little program called Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Um, Saturday mornings, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids changed my life forever. No question about it. Who, I mean, who didn't love Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids? I certainly did. <laughs> I loved it. I was there every Saturday morning, right there with my bowl of cereal, you know, in my underoos, you know, watching cartoons. And Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids spoke to me because I think, from what I can remember, that was the first cartoon that I saw with kids that looked like me, kids that I could relate to. Uh, these kids, you know, they were playing instruments and uh, <laughs> made out of nothing. And they were in, you know, the ghetto, if you will. But everybody was happy. And there was always a story. And there was always some type of storyline. And there was always something good going on. And you always learn something. And Bill Cosby mentioned that in the intro to the show. If you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. So I always, I, that always stuck with me, man. So I became a huge, huge Bill Cosby fan from that point. Um, and Bill Cosby, uh, I think for anybody, any kid growing up in the seventies and eighties, uh, Bill Cosby became a, particularly any black kids, uh, Bill Cosby became a staple in, you know, your entertainment. Um, because he was doing it all. And, and like I said, at the time, and, and I'm just telling you about my introduction to Bill Cosby. Obviously, he started long before I came, before I saw him, uh, you know, with I Spy and all of the movies and everything that he did leading up to, you know, those movies that I mentioned. But, um, you know, Bill Cosby was an icon. And, and I think one of the after Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, one of the uh, one of my my most fondest memories of Bill Cosby was uh, his stand-up act. Uh, it was called Bill Cosby Himself, and at the time, uh, that probably was one of the funniest things that I had ever heard in my lifetime. And I think what was really and this was like late '70s, early '80s. Um, I think what was so funny, and if you haven't heard that stand-up comedy, I mean, you, you, I, I'm assuming that you did, but if you didn't, I mean, it's, it's classic, it's classic. And, you know, you get a, a glimpse into Bill Cosby and his life and he just talked about regular stuff. It was one of those situations and, and Bill Cosby didn't cuss either, you know, so that was another thing. So even as a little dude, little shorty, I would, me and my cousins, we would sneak and lit. Li <laughs> We would sneak and listen to Richard Pryor albums, and uh, later on it was Eddie Murphy albums. Uh, you know, the, the albums that you weren't supposed to listen to, but your parents had them laying around, so you listened to them anyway when nobody was around. And you didn't know what half the stuff they were talking about. But the thing about Cosby was that he was just funny, and he didn't have to curse. 
And he was just, I mean, like the stuff that he could, he, he could just make you, he can almost make anybody relate to whatever it was he was talking about, whatever the subject matter was. Um, and he famously did the skit about, you know, you know, having, serving his kids uh, chocolate cake for breakfast. And, you know, that was like classic between me and my, my cousins and my brother. I mean, like, we just remember that album. And so that was something that we got a chance to share, and it was a part of our childhood. And um, like I said, Bill Cosby was, in, in our eyes, a legend. At, at that point, to me, you know, he was, like I said, when it came to entertainment, you know, especially from the uh, comedic side, um, he was he was at the top of the charts, in my eyes. And... Uh, I really, really appreciated the work that he provided and the work that he put forth. It was just, it, it was on point. And then he dropped The Cosby Show. <laughs> Say no more. I mean, The Cosby Show to me was one of the most, if not the most important sitcom of our generation. Um, no, I take that back. The Cosby Show was the most important sitcom of our generation, of my generation. Um, what The Cosby Show did was it took some of the other shows, and, and I grew up watching a lot of black sitcoms from the Jeffersons to Good Times to different strokes. Um, the Cosby Show gave us a look at, you know, a black family. And I think the thing that was really, really appealing to me was that the Cosby show looked like my family and it looked like my friend's family. And it, well, you know, minus the, <laughs> the doctor and the lawyer. But, you know, the thing about it was, was that it was so relatable. And, I, and there was a little bit of backlash from the quote unquote media <laughs> about, you know, whether or not it was real or not, because, you know, at that time, I mean, this is like 83, 84. I mean, you didn't have necessarily a lot of um, upward mobility as far as the black community where you would have a doctor and a lawyer who are married and they have all these kids and kids are educated and the kids go to college and nobody gets into trouble. But I think the Cosby show gave us uh, a look at life. And of, of course, the Cosby show also spawned off A Different World, which is uh, one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. Um, you know, shout out to HBCUs. Uh, it, it, and and I, I may have to do a whole nother podcast just on A Different World. But um, the Cosby show, you know, was, was Bill Cosby's brainchild. And if you look at the first episode of the Cosby show and you add that with his stand-up from... Um, the the set of Bill Cosby himself um, there are a lot of ties there between that and, and the first episode uh, nonetheless I thought it was incredible man I mean every Thursday night 8 o'clock you had to tune in it was must see TV uh, and what was dope about the Cosby show was that like everybody watched it man I mean like everybody watched it so the next day, you come to school Friday, everybody's talking about the Cosby show. I mean, like, it was just, it, it was it was incredible. It, I mean, it was funny. It could relate. And I think one of the things that Bill Cosby provided for me personally 
was that I got a glimpse of what I wanted to look like as a father. And that's not to say that I didn't have a father in my own house because I did love my dad. Um, My parents divorced when I was 13. So, but outside of the divorce and, and what I got from my own father, what I saw in Bill Cosby, as far as how he related to his children, how he, you know, kicked it with his wife and, and just how they dealt with life in general. I mean, it, it gave me a vision of how I wanted my life as far as a, a, a father and a husband to be. And, you know, I, you, you kind of tell yourself, yeah, I, I want to be, you know, Bill Ky- I want to be Heathcliff Heath Huxtable. So there it was. I was relating to Heathcliff Huxtable, Dr. Heathcliff, Heathcliff Huxtable. Um, and he was married to a beautiful Claire Huxtable, who was a lawyer, who was, like I said, she was beautiful, but she was extremely intelligent. And they had these kids and everybody could relate to Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable. Cliff Huxtable was the quintessential father. He was cool. He tried to be hip. He was into jazz. He was smart. He was educated. You know, he was funny. He was engaging with his children. All of the things that you would want in a father and a husband and a friend, you saw it in Cliff Huxtable. A former athlete, (laughs) very competitive, uh, you know, but all around good guy, great father, great son. That's what Heathcliff Huxtable was. Cliff Huxtable was that guy. So for me, as well as millions of other people around the world, we saw that. We saw that every single Thursday night. And for some of us, myself included, that's what we aspired to be. We wanted to be Cliff Huxtable. We wanted to be Cliff Huxtable. So the years that the Cosby show was on TV, there was an extreme affinity for Bill Cosby. More or less, Cliff Huxtable. We, we, we felt like we knew Cliff. You know, I think one of my favorite episodes is of one of my favorite moments of the Cosby show is the moment where, you know, Theo kind of talks to Cliff about, you know, he, he doesn't know if he was meant to be smart or, you know, as successful as his parents were. And Cliff just sits there and listens to everything he has to say. And then he just starts off by saying, Theo, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And and that's something that a real parent would say, not a TV parent. So, I mean, like you could just relate to Cliff Huxtable. Everybody wanted to be like Cliff. At least I did. Me and my friends did. So I think from that point, there was... I don't know how to say it. There there was just so much that we got from that show. There was so much that I got from that show. There was so much I got from Cliff Huxtable. Um, And I just, it was, I was enamored with the character because again, I could relate. I I couldn't relate, but I could relate. And that's what I wanted to, when you see images like that on TV, trust me, 
And there weren't a lot of images like that for a young black man such as myself. So you aspire for that. You know, and I got it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I had that in my own household, but it's also it was also good to see it elsewhere and see it every Thursday night on TV. Cliff was cool, man. He was cool. And everybody wanted to be like Cliff. At least I did. And I think over a period of time, when you saw Bill Cosby, you saw Cliff Huxtable. At least in my eyes. I remember going to see this movie called Leonard Leonard Part 6. I think that was the name of it. Starring Bill Cosby. That movie, hands down, might have been the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the movie was straight dumb. Dumb. But it was Bill Cosby. And we went to go see it. And... You know, just like anything else, you know, we supported whatever movies Cosby was in, whatever, whatever he was doing, you know, from different, a different world to his, his outside projects, movies and things of that nature. We, through his, through this TV show, the Cosby show, you know, because it was very much based on his life. We got to know his kids. We got to know, you know the kids that played the kids. Uh, (laughs) uh, I remember, you know, unfortunately when Bill Cosby's son Ennis was tragically murdered um, while changing a flat tire on a highway in California, you know, people felt that. They felt for Bill Cosby because they know Theo. They know Theo through Malcolm Jamal Warner. So, you know, I never met Ennis Cosby. From what I understand, from all accounts, Ennis Cosby was a great guy and a great son. And it was just something unfortunate that happened to him. And but through Bill Cosby, through Cliff Huxtable, you knew Ennis because you knew Theo. And you could and and I really could relate to Theo. I really could. I had the junkie room like Theo. I was the, the guy who didn't, you know, I, I was smart, but I, I was I was a better student than Theo. But a lot of times when those episodes when Theo would have stuff going on, a lot of that stuff mirrored a lot of things that I was going on in my life. When Theo got dumped by his girlfriend, I'd gotten dumped by my girlfriend the same week, you know, so I could relate. Um, And that's all because of Cliff Huxtable. And I really, 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 really like Cliff Huxtable. I like Bill Cosby, but I really like Cliff Huxtable. And, you know, Bill Cosby handled, you know, the controversy of um, Lisa Bonet, you know, when she was in that movie. And then they did the spinoff and they sent her away to college and she goes to a different. And I mean, here's the funny thing about a different world. Lisa Bonet goes to a different world. She goes to Hillman College, gets her own TV show, and she doesn't even last on that show. She's not even the star of that show. And she eventually gets written out of the script and comes back home and gets written out of that script. Um, so, yeah, it, it was you. I have to thank Cliff Huxtable for all of that, because I think Cliff Huxtable, along with myself included, I think he played a huge role in the development in a lot of people as far as what they thought and what they aspired to be. So 
there's always going to be a certain affinity attached to Cliff Huxtable. Always. No matter what. Um, things started to change for me uh, as far as how I saw Bill Cosby. Um, and it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint when things started to change. I think toward the end of the Cosby show, the last, I'd probably say two seasons, it was whack. Wasn't really feeling it. Wasn't feeling the Cosby show like I had before. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The, the show wasn't as good. It just wasn't. At least not to me. A Different World was must-see TV. Eh. Second. Set, uh, next to the last season and last season. Eh. I'd be good if I missed the Cosby show. It didn't matter. Um. So. I just, you know, I was okay with it. And then, you know, he did a couple other projects and did the other, did that other show on CBS. Well, really wasn't interested in that either. What happened? I don't know. I, I, did Cliff lose his appeal to in, in my eyes? I don't know. Slowly but surely, Bill Cosby was emerging from the shadows and I didn't see Cliff Huxtable anymore. I just saw Bill Cosby. So... In saying that, my perception started to change. Not necessarily for the bad at this point, but I just didn't, when I saw Bill Cosby, and I wasn't necessarily eager to support, you know, the outside projects and things of that nature. Now, Bill Cosby, the man, during this time, he's a huge uh, philanthropist. He's giving money away to schools and businesses and everything like that. I mean, like, his good deeds, I could, I could talk all day about the things that he did and the things that he's done for people. But I'm not here to necessarily do that. You can look that up and Google it. Um, but I think I stopped seeing him as Cliff Huxtable and started seeing him as Bill Cosby. And like I said, things started to change. I can't really pinpoint when it was. It may have been toward the end of the, like I said, the end of the, the the Cosby show. I remember when the Cosby show went off and I was like, okay, all right, it's okay. And I really wasn't pressed to, you know, really be checking for Bill Cosby like that. Because I, I wanted Cliff. I wanted, And I think that's what everybody wanted because that's who they knew. But everybody still, you know, kind of rocked out with Bill Cosby. So it was all good. Um, then some things changed. And my perception, and I've always said that perception is 90% of reality. Whatever you perceive things to be, that's probably what it is, at least in your eyes. So from that point, things changed. For me, it did. As far as how I saw Cliff Huxtable and how I saw Bill Cosby. I tell you what. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back on the other side and I'll give you my explanation on how things change, where it went wrong, and what I think right now. Be back in a second. You ask kids why their beds aren't made, and they say, I forgot. You ask them why they're walking with muddy sneakers through the living room, and they say, oh, I forgot. But these same kids will ask you, Dad, how come you didn't fix any Jello pudding tonight? You said you would two years ago, August 12th, at 7.31 p.m. You had red sweater on and some loafers brown. And you say, I forgot. And they say, Dad, you're grounded. 
Jell-O pudding. You can't be a kid without it. Yo. And just like that, I'm back. Um, as I mentioned, things started to change for me as far as how I saw Bill Cosby because I prior to this time, I when I saw him, I saw Cliff Huxtable. And it was slowly turning into seeing him as Bill Cosby. Uh, fast forward some years later, uh, I remember, I think one of my boys hit me up and was like, yo, did you hear about what Bill Cosby said? Did you see his speech? I'm like, nah, I, I didn't see it. I didn't, was it on CNN? Yes, he was like, it's on CNN. They're running the clips now. And so I changed my channel to CNN and waited and waited and waited. And uh, Bill Cosby's making some type of speech at some church or something. And um, he was, at least the clip that they played. uh, And you can kind of tell that the clip was cut up. But nonetheless, the gist of what he was saying was, uh, he was saying a lot of stuff that was really kind of disturbing to me um he had made a comment about you know the fact that there are a lot of black mothers out there who were too busy buying air jordans for their children and not teaching them how to read and write and he was saying something what else he, he said something else about you know black kids aren't learning and they're too busy trying to be cool and being dumb um just really talking very very condescending so i'm looking at the tv screen i'm like cliff what are you doing <laughs> i'm like what, what cliff what what are you talking about um so i'm thinking to myself like what what is wrong with cliff huxtable and then i realized that's not cliff huxtable that's Bill Cosby. But I was taken aback by the comments. Now, here's the thing. To a degree, I understand what he was saying. I just don't think that what he had to say should have been in that format and should not have been that condescending. There's a there's 20,000 ways that you can get a point across. And a lot of times at least in our community, in the black community, it's almost like how things are in your house. You know, what's said in the house or family business stays in the family. It's not something that you can talk about outside of the family. And so I tried to look at it objectively, that particular speech. I'll be honest, I was bothered by what, what I saw because again, I'm used to seeing Cliff Huxtable. I'm used to seeing Bill Cosby. And of course, and now, now at this point, this is somebody I don't even recognize because I'm thinking to myself, why would Bill Cosby be saying all of this? Right? Okay. So I kind of processed that. Wasn't really happy about it, but I was like, okay, let him slide. Um, fast forward like a month later, Bill Cosby's doing another speech, and this time it's on uh, C-SPAN. I don't even watch C-SPAN, right? And it's on C-SPAN, and I'm actually tuning in because I want to hear what Bill Cosby has to say. And, like, halfway through the speech, Bill Cosby starts going in on black people. 
Now, I'm not the type of person that doesn't think that we as black people should be held accountable for our, you know, shortcomings. I'm not saying that at all, because I think everybody from every race needs to be held accountable, my people included. However, there's a certain way that I'm going to go about handling it. You can handle it diplomatically. You can handle it, you know, in, in many different ways. Nonetheless, to make a long story short, Bill Cosby goes in and he starts making the same kind of comments. And this time it's only worse. And now he's got an audience. He's got people cheering him on. And it's like, Bill, what are you doing? Like, you know, and I'm not, it, it came off as very crass and very condescending. And I'm like, dude, you're the same guy. You're Bill Cosby. When you had the number one TV show in the world, there's, you would have never gotten on stage and said, well, hey, black people need to do this and do that. The kids need to pull their pants up. I know the kids need to pull their pants up. Bill Cosby, I don't need you to tell me that. So I, Bill Cosby went on these rant speeches. And I mean, like this went on for like a year or so. And I'm a, I'm going to be honest. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like Bill Cosby. Period. I didn't. I didn't like it. And I was so turned off by what he had to say. I tried to remain objective about the premise of what he was trying to say, but it was a lot of rhetoric around whatever points, points he was trying to make. So all of the good graces and all of the love and admiration that I have for Cliff Huxtable, that was slowly dissipating because I'm going to war with Bill Cosby, right? So fast forward, there's, you know, um, some information coming out about an alleged, you know, sexual assault from Bill Cosby. So I'm looking around, I'm reading stuff. I'm like, okay, word. And, you know, to be honest, like most people, I kind of, it kind of came across my screen and, you know, didn't really make much of it because these are celebrities. Celebrities get accused of a lot of things. Innocent until proven guilty, right? Guilty as charged. Hey, I, I'm, 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 I'll be the first to admit that the first time I read about the first allegation about Bill Cosby sexually assaulting someone, I, it, I, it, it really wasn't on my radar, to be honest. Um, I didn't really picture him as a dirty old man. And from what I could gather, these things allegedly had happened years and years and years ago. Um, so I didn't really make much of it. Then there was another allegation. Then another. Then another. Then one more. Then another one. Then another one. Then one more. Then another one. Then another one. And another one. Wait a minute. Hold up, man. What's going on here? So at this time, I'm like, what is really going on? And I think the thing that really... And I apologize because I, like I said, again, it really wasn't on my radar like that. But I think the thing that really kind of opened my eyes and made me change my opinion on everything. I listened to the testimony of the actress Beverly Johnson. 
and she has chronicled what happened. Bill Cosby did not sexually assault her, but he attempted to. He slipped her a Mickey in her drink. And when she figured out what was going on, she let it be known that, hey, you try. She she went over to his crib. I think the story goes she went over to his crib. She was reading for she might have been reading for a spot on the Cosby show. So this actually goes back um, to, you know, the mid mid 80s, maybe early 90s. Um, and she said, you know, this is uh, this is what he did. And when she realized that he had put something in her drink and she cussed him out and he called her a cab and she went home and, and she was just, you know, upset or whatever like that. I, I think I started looking at it differently at that point. I started going back, looking at some of the allegations, some of the lawsuits. Um, well, I, I can't really say I looked at a lot of lawsuits because most of the stuff had been thrown out and the other stuff had been suppressed. Uh, and the statute of limitations had, you know, passed. Um, so for me, I was on some, I think there's something here. That's what I kept saying to myself. I think that's, and, and, and Beverly Johnson sounded very, very believable now. And that's not to say that the women prior to Beverly Johnson weren't believable, but I, I didn't hear their cases or I didn't hear their stories. I, I could only read about it, but I actually heard her voice and, to be honest, the way that she, the the paint, the, the picture that she painted, at least to me, sounded like something that a guy would do. You know why? Because everything that she outlined, I've heard men talk about doing. So she came off as totally credible to me. Um, now here comes the interesting part, because now. Bill Cosby, not Cliff, but Bill Cosby is out here, you know, doing dirty stuff to women. And then, of course, you know the rest. Uh, right now, I think it's up to about 55 women. I'm not going to get into all of the other stuff that happened leading up to that, but it's up to 55 women, I think, close to 60 women who have come forward and said over a period of time, Bill Cosby has either attempted to or sexually assaulted them. Um, they appeared on the cover of magazines, um, everything. Now, here's where I, in my opinion, may differ from some of you listening. And it's okay if you differ, if, if your opinions differ from mine. I, I, st I stand tall in my opinion. I think that Bill Cosby did this. I think that Bill Cosby, and, and I can't say, I can't quantify and say that every single story that has come out is true. I can't say that because I, to be honest, I don't know all of the stories, but the ones that I've read, I find it hard to believe that 55 women are going to come up with the same exact story. So now I know that some of you who are very skeptical are saying, well, Kyle, you know, if, if this really happened, why, why is it taking them 30 years to come out? And I'm going to tell you why it's taking them so long to come out. Put yourself in that woman's shoes. Put yourself in a woman's shoes who is a young actress trying to get on in Hollywood. And when I mean get on, I don't necessarily mean get on through sleeping with Bill Cosby. 
They're trying to get on by, you know, any means necessary, not by those means, but on their merit of what they can do. And here it is a guy like Bill Cosby. If he sees an opportunity and he takes advantage of them sexually in his mind as a man, he's thinking, well, who are you going to tell? I'm Bill Cosby. Nobody's going to believe you. If you tell on me, you'll never work in this town. This town meaning Hollywood. Um, so that was the mentality. At least that's my perception of the mentality. So if you have a, a young actress who is trying to make her way into Hollywood or establish herself or even take the next level, take it to the next level in Hollywood, and you have a guy who abuses his power and then abuses them sexually, that sounds like an open and shut case to me. I can't say for certain that all 55 of these women, you know, that this happened, but if they said it, it happened, I, who am I not to believe that it didn't? I don't, I don't know that 55 women are going to make these stories up. I, I just don't. I, I don't know what motive, especially those who, where the statute of limitations have, 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 you know, it's exceeded and, and they can't bring forth a lawsuit or a case or anything. Now, Bill Cosby recently had uh, a defamation suit. You know, he won a defamation suit against one of the young ladies. But, you know, you saw him last month. Bill Cosby was, you know, handcuffed, fingerprinted. And he's going to, he's out on bail, million dollar bail. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to testify. And here's the thing. I, I saw a lot of people talking about, you know, this is just a witch hunt. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to ruin Bill Cosby. Hey, man, let me tell you something. At some point, you can't be necessarily mad or say they're trying to shoot me down when you gave them the bullets to shoot you. I'll say that about anybody. You can't get you can't get mad saying that somebody is trying to shoot you and attack you when you've given them all the ammunition to do so. Now, Bill Cosby, to, to his credit, he has maintained his innocence throughout all of this. But we did read the unsealed testimony, uh, excuse me, the unsealed uh, documents that were released by a judge. And the reason why the judge released them, because the judge said that Bill Cosby went on these speeches that I mentioned and, you know, speaking as a public figure, speaking, you know, like he was high on the hog, old school Southern term there, um, that he was talking condescending and he's a public figure. And so his exploits or his life should be open to the public. And in that deposition that was unsealed, he did admit that he, you know, gave a woman quaaludes. He didn't, I don't know, you know, what quaaludes, I don't know much about quaaludes. I mean, let me take it back. I don't know anything about quaaludes. But that admission for me, along with Beverly Johnson's story, along with a couple of the stories that I read, I, 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 at that point, I was done. He, he was, he's guilty. Now, whether or not something happens to Bill Cosby, I don't know. I, I don't know if anything ever will happen to Bill Cosby. You know, subsequently, from the fallout, you know, a lot of things have happened. Uh, one, they took the Cosby show off, off, which was in syndication, seems like forever, took that off TV. 
um you know i mean of course you can still find it on youtube and hulu and all that stuff like that but netflix i guess but you know that's huge because not only does that affect bill cosby but it also affects those who are you know still collecting a check you know from that show um that being said i think bill cosby you know he has to i don't know what bill cosby is going to do bill cosby is 77 78 years old something like that um to say his legacy is tarnished is an understatement you know bill cosby could be facing jail time as strange as it sounds um and i know people had issues with the fact that with this latest legal process um they were almost at the statute of limitations and the da is running for office and it it's a quote-unquote smear against bill cosby i mean you can call it what you want people call it a witch hunt people call it a smear campaign people saying that bill i mean that there was rumors that bill cosby was trying to buy nbc so this is why they're out to get him i still haven't seen one piece of documentation that would lead me to believe that bill cosby was trying to buy nbc if you have it please send it to me hit me up on twitter and let me know where it is because i have yet to see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist i just haven't seen it right here's my thing i think bill cosby and cliff huxtable they couldn't be further apart at this point in my eyes and there are a lot of people out there who are still defending Bill Cosby. Still depend, defending Bill Cosby. I saw the blogs. I saw the internet. I saw the, the, the social media. I saw the tweets. Here's what I will say to you. And you come to your own conclusions with this. If one of those 55 women were your mother or your aunt... Or your cousin or your sister and the defendant was not William Cosby but John Smith from around the way would you feel the same then would you say that this is a witch hunt which would, would, would you say that this is a smear campaign if 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 55 women were accusing John Smith from around your block of this. What would you say then? Would you just chalk it up and say, oh, that's just a dirty old man. It's all good. No, you'd have a problem with it. Period. I do too. And that's why I think Bill Cosby is guilty. Now, whether or not he goes to trial, whether or not he goes to jail, that's not for me to decide. But I think for me, like I said, Cliff and Bill are worlds apart. I think a lot of people who have watched this case from afar, and, and, and here's the thing I would implore everybody to do, everybody under the sound of my voice to do, Go do your own research. Look at look at the depositions. Look at the information. All of that stuff is online and come to some conclusion for yourself. Don't just wait for CNN. Don't just wait for NBC News. Do your research. 
There's there and and I can understand I can understand the skepticism on both sides. Trust me. I do. And I know that rape and sexual assault is extremely hard to prove in court. I mean, I, I would see some of the most dumbest things on social media. I saw this one guy post something on on Facebook like, well, you know, if those women, if they knew Bill Cosby was giving out quaaludes, you know, why did they go, go over to his place? No, they didn't go to his place to get raped. Do you know how stupid you sound? Nobody, nobody asked for that. Those women didn't ask for that. I have no reason not to believe them. And Bill Cosby has not given me any reason to believe him other than the fact that I love Cliff Huxtable. But Bill Cosby ain't Cliff Huxtable. He ain't been Cliff Huxtable since 1992, I think. And to be honest, if you're really, really honest with yourself, we don't know Bill Cosby. We don't. We know Cliff Huxtable. But Cliff ain't Bill. And Bill ain't Cliff. And I think once we understand and realize that, then we can have a better idea as to where we stand and how we actually feel about it. Because I think there's a huge segment of the population that still wants this to be about Cliff Huxtable. But it ain't. Cliff Huxtable would never be on trial for this. Cliff Huxtable would never, you know, Cliff Huxtable wouldn't even look at another woman, let alone be trying to drug him and rape him. I know Cliff Huxtable. I don't know Bill Cosby. Neither do you. In time, hopefully, more people will see that the two men aren't remotely close to each other. And hopefully, our visions of Cliff, our visions of what Bill has done or is being alleged to have done won't be blurred by the sanctity and the greatness of Cliff Huxtable. Time will tell. That's going to do it for me. Thank you for listening to another edition of the 12 Kyle Podcast. I'm going to holler at you next time. Peace.